need some motivation on your Chinese business endeavor, may be curious about what the Chinese business environment is all about, or want to laugh out loud listening to war stories on the ground in China, then this is your show, China Business Cast. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the China Business Cast. My name is Simon Derat. I will be your host for today. And I want to talk about today a little bit maybe different than normal, much more about the work-life balance. In the Western culture, it's quite common to separate work and private life from each other. Although during this year, this might be more difficult to separate it due to the integration of work with your personal life. In China, that's no different. And many people identify themselves with their job. And they still seem to be living an unfulfilled life. And yes, for today, it might be a very heavy topic. So stop listening if you are not interested in this. The purpose is to find out how to live a fulfilled life. And particularly, how does the culture has an influence on this? How much different is it for a Chinese to get a rich and fulfilled life and for a Westerner? And especially entrepreneurs, Chinese economy has been thriving with small or medium-sized companies that suddenly boomed and exploded. So it is a very, very important topic. So I brought in some knowledge from Ben, Ben Ivey, and he's a founder of Entrepreneur Lifestyle. And he had his own company, his own business in China, and now he's actually switched to helping other entrepreneurs with living a fulfilled life. The entrepreneur lifestyle. And it is possible to have combine these two. And I want to share his story with you all. And hopefully you can relate to this. Because I know many of our listeners are entrepreneurs, are business owners, or are senior leaders in a position where they do find this, this struggle. I know I have this struggle. So to overcome this and maybe get some useful tips that we're not only able to live a successful life, but most of all, live a valuable life. Hope you enjoy. Let's tune in. Wow, Ben, welcome on the China Business Cast. Uh, it's awesome to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me onto the show. A little bit about, about you, because um, yeah, you've, uh, you've done quite a lot of different experiences and in the past few years, you've been really focused on the entrepreneurial lifestyle. And for that, you've been all over the place, not only on, on stages, but also in countries. I, think, I see you have been living in, in the UK, US, China, and have been on multiple stages as a speaker. You've been helping entrepreneurs to accelerate, accelerate their lives, have boot camps, and I think now you even training other entrepreneurs or other coaches to get certified with your style. Is there, is there anything that I'm, I'm missing? Because you've been really active in the last few years. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect introduction. That pretty much sums it up very well, Simon. <laughs> uh, cool. So, yeah, for, for me, I want, what I want, really want to focus on uh, is, uh, this is the China Business Castle. Having a work-life balance is, is really, really tough. Uh, and I think this year even shows it even more for people uh, that have to combine their work in their private life with working from home. So, so how, how do you look at, at this kind of 
uh, yeah, this work-life balance because you're you're basically full focused on having an entrepreneurial lifestyle where you can actually lead a life and run a business. Yes. Well, the first thing is that you're never going to be completely in balance. And I think that's very important for people to understand because it's easy for us to think, oh, I'm out of balance. What's going on? When the truth is that as an entrepreneur, it's not about being in perfect balance. It's about understanding not to put yourself too much towards one thing and having systems or principles or boundaries in place so that you don't forget about really important areas of your life as you start to focus on your business and move forward. And I think that, as you mentioned, with so many people working from home, it has become incredibly challenging to differentiate between work and life. And I know some entrepreneurs feel that they are on the clock 24-7 because they're at their desk, they're at home, they're not going to different places. Some of them aren't even allowed out because it's in lockdown. And that is where I think a lot of people now are feeling overwhelmed. And in order to move back to that balance that people aim for or to have that great lifestyle whilst you boost your business, it's important to figure out for yourself what kind of lifestyle you actually want. Because I think a lot of business owners feel that they have to achieve success and then they'll have a, le a great lifestyle. Whereas for me, I think it's important to figure out the lifestyle you want to live as you build your business. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. We, we, we dove right into the topic, which I think is, is very good. Just before we go any, any further, because yeah, to, to get to this kind of stage and, and mindset that nothing has to be in perfect balance and that you are in, you can be in control of your life. What, what brought you to there, to, to, to becoming now like helping other entrepreneurs? Because I saw your introduction video in YouTube and I recommend people to check you out on YouTube and you're on, on tons of other social media. And for you, there was a very big moment in your life that has basically changed everything. Can you, can you share a little bit of me, you being a business owner from going into coaching and helping other entrepreneurs? Yeah, so originally I had a business out in Silicon Valley and I had a team and I, I ran a couple of businesses before that. And then I ended up having a, a moment which completely shifted my life. And for those listening, I think that sometimes when we face a real challenge or a real painful moment in our life, it helps put our lives into perspective. And for me, that was where I lost my father to suicide. And he was my best friend. I saw him the day before and it completely shook my world. For those listening, imagine if the person that you cared most about in the world disappeared just like that. And for me, this was a completely life-changing moment where I, I quit my business in Silicon Valley and I started to search as to what is it that really matters to people in life? And why do us as entrepreneurs often create these parallel worlds? One which people see, and then one of the reality, what's actually going on, the stress, the overwhelm, the frustration. And as I've gone on this journey over the years that I've done this, 
I've gone to places such as LA, China, the UK to gain skills to be able to help people and entrepreneurs to live a great lifestyle whilst they boost their business so they don't experience that overwhelm, that depression, and that isolation that a lot of people experience near the top. Yeah. Yeah, normally with great pain comes also a great passion. So in your case, this is definitely replicates uh, this situation. And so I remember that, that I, I saw that your, your dad was also on stage doing similar what you're doing. Is that correct? So my dad was definitely um, an inspirational person to me. He, he was an inspirational speaker as such. He enjoyed running his own uh, business in gas and electric safety companies. So he never really did the coaching side of things, although I definitely consider him a, an inspirational individual to myself. Mm. So when you, you, you spent some time in China as well, right? Because now this year, you're, now you're based in the UK and you've been traveling in the, in the US, uh, but you, you spent several years in China as well, right? Yeah, so I've been in and out of China for around eight years. So China for me is definitely a, a second home and especially out in Shanghai where I'm usually based. I think it's fantastic and that's really where I built up my business to begin with in order to impact more people. Yeah. Take me a little bit back to you, you were in China running your own, own business as well. And uh, that, that was basically before what ha the incident that happened or with your father, right? So how did you... What, what, were, what business were you running in China? So when I was in China and I had this moment of figuring out what am I going to do with my, with my life and my business, it was incredibly challenging to let go of one career in order to then do another. And for myself, I really wasn't sure the best way to go about it. So I ended up realizing something that I think is very common for people, which is I had the, when I have this, then I will addiction. When I have a successful business, then I will inspire people. Then I will look after my health. Then I will start to impact people in a different way. Then I'll start to spend time with family. And I figured out that the challenging period of time that I experienced with, my, with, with losing my father enabled me to reconsider what I was doing. And I started to completely shift my priorities and said, I'm going to make this career work. I'm going to start to make it happen. And I basically dived in full pelt, started to gain a lot of skills and started to help anyone that I could on that journey. Beautiful, beautiful. So for that, for, for that journey, I saw you made a lot of, you followed a lot of different trainings and courses that you have been able to package into your own course. Can you, can you share a little bit more about uh, what kind of audience you're looking for to, to help or to serve? Sure. So when, when I first started, I really wasn't sure, Simon, about what my niche was going to be. I knew I wanted to help people who were stressed and overwhelmed. And I started to help managers. I started to help teachers. I was helping entrepreneurs. And the skills that I gained were from neuro-linguistic programming to begin with. I started to teach a little bit of that in China. I then dived into learning from Tony Robbins with strategic intervention coaching. I did multiple courses and coaching certifications. Some were great, some were terrible. 
But I wanted to gain a real understanding of how best to help people move forward in their lives. And years went by and I started to help more and more entrepreneurs. And I still get a few people nowadays that are just stressed out managers or teachers or people that are in, in their career doing well, but really don't know where to turn. And for those people, I, I still help them. And I have trainers now that can also provide support. So the trainers definitely wasn't something that I thought I was going to do. I had someone approach me in 2016 to ask if I could teach them to do what I do. And Simon, as, a, as you can imagine, I said, absolutely not. <laughs> because I genuinely didn't think I could teach someone the skills. But six months later, I decided that I could come up with the, the best course I could imagine to help them from all the different courses and golden nuggets that I've learned on my journey to create something truly impactful to help someone move forward. So that's where I created my first certification to give people coaching and speaking skills to now really move people forward. So now I have my trainers and then I've niched in helping stressed and overwhelmed entrepreneurs who don't know how to move their lives forward in a sustainable way whilst building their business. And I have different programs and coaching to help them to live that great lifestyle whilst they boost their business success. Mm. So the stressed and overwhelmed entrepreneurs, as, as you put it, I think uh, most of our listeners um, are entrepreneurs or our business owners or, or leaders itself. And how do you see this different? Because you're coaching people from all over the world. So US, UK, even I think uh, Bangladesh, India, I saw China, of, of course, as well. When it comes to China, how, how do you think, do you see any different kind of stress levels in China compared to the Western world? Yeah, 100%. And what I see and what I tell people is that through understanding a variety of different cultures, what I see is the story changes, but the pattern is the same. What I mean by that is if we look into China, often there's a lot of pressure from family. There's pressure that you need to provide for people. There's this focus on money. So in, in the East, there's still a lot, a lot of pressure, right? Now in the West, often it's, I want to prove myself. I feel like I'm not enough. I want to be able to move forward. I want to have that success. And there's that internal pressure as well. So it leads to the same result of, of really experiencing a lot of stress. And this is where in either country or different cultures, it's up to me to figure out what is that key challenge that is causing someone to really experience that overwhelm and stress and how do you move forward and this is where through the experience I've had of going to different countries and cultures which I feel incredibly blessed that I've done because it's given me a broader perspective on how to help people from all walks of life. Yeah so the key factor that you see that is different for different cultures what, what is the main driver for over, being overwhelmed and stressed for China? What kind of pattern? Like what kind of, uh, yeah. Well, I think in China, often the, your net worth is often considered the most important factor for you. And I think that's very prominent when you look into society as a whole, right? It's, do you have money to buy a house? 
do you have money to do this? And there's such a big focus on these monetary gains and being able to build that successful business that I think a lot of people become incredibly stressed that they're not achieving what they want. And what's especially prominent in China is that people believe they can overestimate what they can do in a year, but they underestimate what they can do in a decade. And this is where there's so much expectations to achieve and there's really isn't this balance. Because for example, if you put someone in their 40s, generally speaking, their children are being looked after by their grandparents. They're there to work. And I feel like that's ingrained in the culture, which really causes a lot of people in their 30s, 40s, married or single, to have a lot of pressure to achieve so much because they don't have the responsibility as much of looking after their children. It's very much set that in this life stage, you will provide. And the way that a lot of people see providing as is making a ton of money to be able to provide for your family. So how is this different compared to the West? I mean, in China, like you described, focus on net worth, overestimate your goals and the pressure of the family. How is that different for a Western, from coming from a Western culture? So from Western, generally speaking, there's still the overestimating what we can do in a year. I think that's ingrained <laughs> to humans as a whole, right? A hundred percent. The reason why I say, uh, you know, especially out in China as well, is I think that when you have such a big country and you see all these firms doing so well, sometimes there's that internal pressure and that expectation that if you aren't achieving what they achieve, that you're doing something wrong. And I think that's especially prominent out in China and in industries. However, when we look into the West, right, and we see how the, they are building their businesses, often that drive is, as opposed to, I just need to provide for my family, it is, I want to do this for myself. I'm an independent person. Yes, I want to do it for my family. But there's that drive of, I want to achieve this for myself. I want to give back. This is something for myself to achieve. And often, as I mentioned, there's that drive of feeling I'm not good enough. Uh, why can't I create what I desire? And I feel that especially nowadays, there's this real focus on being an entrepreneur, creating freedom for yourself, creating that financial freedom and living that ideal life. And I think that there's many entrepreneurs going on that journey, wanting growth, wanting revenue, wanting to hit seven, eight figures and having that drive of really doing it for themselves, being able to go to those you know, different types of events to be part of different groups because you've got you know, millions of dollars coming in. And often I see that as that personal drive as opposed to in the East where we really see this drive, but from a family status. And I think when we look into the ins and outs, it makes sense because in China, if for example, you're an entrepreneur, and you go into debt, right? And you're in a lot of, of trouble. It's your family's responsibility to take care of that debt. And I was chatting to an entrepreneur literally last week about this, about the challenge there, because families will support you. But the challenge is that if you go into debt, now suddenly the whole family is responsible for that debt. Whereas when we look into the West, very often, if you're going by yourself, cool, you're your own man. It's much more independent as opposed to a collective, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. So these personal uh, goals that people have, a personal growth that people are trying to achieve in China, do you think that's still in a very immature stage, to put it like that? Well, the market itself? I, 
When I look into the self-development and personal growth industry in China, when I first went there, it was quite immature. People really had no idea what was going on and what they're doing. Now in China, I'm seeing coaches pop up left, right and center. I'm seeing people run different events. I'm seeing all these things. And the challenge there that I see is that it is an immature market in that people really don't know who the experts are to go to for different things. And that means that they get a taste of it, but they don't really know what it's truly like. It's as, mm. it's as if it's this new, exciting thing that people want to get into. But really, people don't have the skills because anyone can call themselves a coach. Anyone can dive into that, especially in the self-development industry. So I see a lot of challenges there in that the market is immature. And you've got to be very careful who you listen to and making sure that you do your research to make sure you have someone who can genuinely benefit you and has, has got that track record. Do you have any, any names of Chinese entrepreneurs that or coaches that really stand out, uh, obviously besides yourself, but like anyone, because for me, most of them are, are Western uh, names that pop up, but maybe there are also some very good influences with very good track records to follow in China. Generally speaking, when I, when I look into China, if I'm honest, I do not know China influences as well because I have not made the decision to immerse myself in just helping Chinese people to get to know that self-development side of the market. I'm specifically to, to, like, talking about the Western side because when I go, generally speaking, I'm doing my talks in English, I'm connecting with different people. And although I've done talks in Chinese before, generally speaking, I'm focused on Chinese people that speak English or expats. Now, when we look into different organizations and different ways to connect with these types of people, I love Motivate Shanghai. I think what they do is fantastic. I think the main thing that I would pose to people is actually to look into different organizations who are sharing different speakers. Like there's Taranga Valley, uh, other people like that. I'm on a, a talk after, after this with uh, Beehive, I think. They're up in Beijing. And being able to understand a few different organizations and to see those speakers, I think gives you more of a feeling of, what's really going on. And I think that's one of the best things you can do to get that breadth and that understanding from a variety of different perspectives. Yeah, and so it was very much school-based. I, I really think this is very important also for our listeners because when we describe about, actually a lot of Chinese are chasing their China dream and there's still a lot of hurdles to overcome and, and exactly these growth factors, the difference between overestimating the goal so driven by family, pressure or estimations uh, and also you're going for net worth. These three things are you will see in many things and you will see that not only for Chinese but also foreign companies that want to enter China. I mean the assumption that China is this big if I only get 1% <laughs> really happy, yes. right? and, and the lack of trust to even now as well finding who, who can I follow, what's the track record, who's recommending them. So the lack of trust to go with someone and follow their instructions is still something, these two components are still very much uh, blurry to, for, and, and maybe easy to, to get lost in. How, how would you see that? Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's very easy to get lost in a market where it is incredibly challenging to see 
uh, the wood through the trees. There's so many different people doing a variety of different things. You really do not know where to trust, like who to trust. And this is where, when we look into the, the Chinese term of guanxi, it's so important that you build those relationships and you have those referrals and you talk to different people. And if I'm honest, that's actually one of the ways in which I've built my business successfully in China is through creating raving fans and raving people that love what I do. And then when people speak to them, they'll say, yeah, I really enjoy Ben's talk. Go check him out. And it's that relationship that you build over time through the years that enables you to really expand your influence so that you're impacting people from all walks of uh, life and out in different places in China. Yeah. And indeed, there might not be too many uh, individuals yet, but there are plenty of groups. I spent a weekend with uh, a young entrepreneur network, which is all Chinese group that go, go, went on a retreat. They have these small groups. You have also uh, some uh, Western groups that you can, can join, which can be in Chinese or English. So if you're really looking for growing your entrepreneurial lifestyle, also find, find like-minded people and you can find it in, in groups and also definitely online during times like these. I think Billy Billy has also a lot of content uh, available uh, besides uh, uh, many other sources on, on social media. So, so I just want to go, uh, for me, living in China, you've lived here for eight years. We both love Shanghai. I've been in Shanghai for, for almost 10. So when I just look at the mindset itself uh, from, from individuals leaving university, going into working life, how would, you, how, how, how would you prepare them to have a more meaningful life? So your focus is much more on, I know, entrepreneurs, but you have to start early, in my opinion, as well. So how can we help Chinese uh, graduates as well with changing their mindset uh, of what they've been taught in university and, and what real life is like? Yeah, I mean, certainly. Well, the, well, the first thing that I do want to say is when I say entrepreneurs, to me, the definition of an entrepreneur is someone that wants something different from the norm. And I see a lot of people that are still in work who are entrepreneurial and they want things different. They like to do life different. And I've actually given a talk out in China for uh, a young, the younger generations who are just leaving university. And I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you now what I told them. And that is the first thing to figure out is what do you want to do? 99% of people aren't successful in life because they don't know what they want. So you, the first thing is you've got to clarify what you want. And there's a lot of people that say, I don't know what I want. I'm not sure. And this is where I tell them, go do something. You're in your 20s go do something and figure out if you like it because you'll never work it out thinking about it. You've got to do it and then you'll get that feedback. The other thing that I think is of fundamental importance is the term called identity capital. What I mean by this are the skills you need to live the life you desire and to build that career. So when I look into identity capital, when I speak with someone, I'm looking to figure out what skills do they need to grow, to improve, to enable them to skyrocket their success. And this is where I see people leapfrogging uh, in the industry, making huge progress in a short period of time because they're working on those skills. So when I first started, as an example, I wanted to make sure that I was outstanding at coaching, that I was a great public speaker. And then there were other things that people don't think about that I really wanted to work on. So I wanted to work on humor. I wanted to be humorous on stage. I wanted to be genuinely authentic. 
I don't want to be another speaker. I want to be authentic and to have a real connection with people. I realized I needed to get good at marketing, at delegation. I needed to be a better manager. And by figuring out these skills and really working on them and spending time doing that, it allows you to make exponential progress because you're really working on the long-term things that allow you to make that progress in the career. Uh, the other thing that I'll say is to get a mentor or a coach or someone to help guide you because we all have blind spots. And if you can figure out your challenges and your patterns early on, it will help you tenfold moving forward because you realize maybe you're a bit of a perfectionist and you need to work on that. Maybe you're someone that plans so much but doesn't take action. And by figuring out these prerequisites or these patterns that you have early on, it can enable you to make much faster and sustainable progress as you move forward with your career in due course. Mm. And when it, when it comes to business owners, when, when you look, China is, is super competitive and it's, it's growing fast, but it's only the, the few ones that actually go really fast and the majority that actually trying to catch up uh, because the environment keeps changing. And, and many of us, including myself, sometimes get so overwhelmed by everything that's happening around you because you feel like you're continuously behind everything. So yeah. how would, what, would, what would be your advice for them to be able to, to cope with this? You've got to accept you're going to be behind. And the reason why I say that <laughs> is that in China, it is the only place in the world where the apps you have on your phone could literally all completely change in a year apart from WeChat. And I think it is crazy to think how fast China moves and the changes that occur. Now, the reason this is fantastic is that you can see it as an opportunity. So the way that I look to people is to think about you can try and play catch up or you can try and look or even do this whereby you look to surf the wave and to see what's next and see what's coming and lay that foundation so that you can take advantage of it. And I think that when we get overwhelmed and we are feeling unsure what to do, often that's because we have a tunnel vision and we're so focused on one thing as opposed to taking a step back and looking for other opportunities that are available to us. Yeah, that makes that makes uh, a lot of sense for for business owners itself. When you when you talk about this mobile phones and the apps that keep keep changing, um, the the mobile phone has a huge huge influence on everyday life. But I would say even more in China. I mean, the response time if you don't respond within two seconds, you can lose your business. So. I think this is going to be kind of a, a problem for itself to sustain because it, you're going to wear out not even your phone, but also your own mind, I would say. So, so what, what was your take on, on this, on how this, this, this China is really driven, the whole economy is driven by mobile because WeChat is so dominant in any kind of app. So, so how, how would you advise on this to separate or to deal with this mobile environment you rely on? So the truth is that when we look into our mobile phones and yesterday evening I was watching The Social Dilemma on Netflix. I actually really enjoyed it. It was fascinating to see how addictive our mobile phones are. And especially out in China, people are on their mobiles left, right and center. When we look into uh, TikTok or Douyin, it's fascinating to see 
how addictive these things are. And when you look into your environment, and I really tell a lot of people this, that you've got to tailor your environment to help set you up for success. So for example, I love brownies. If my wife bought me brownies every single day and left a chocolate brownie next to me, I'd probably eat it because I quite like brownies. Now, (laughs) on the other side of things, if your phone is next to you and it's on vibrate and you're getting all these notifications, you're going to check it out constantly. And this is where it's very important to have an off and on button for you as an entrepreneur. Now, the challenge is your phone is used for business and for personal. So I was chatting to an entrepreneur the other day and he actually bought himself a second phone and he decided, I'm going to leave that other phone back home. And I think that's brilliant. The other thing you can do is to stick all your friends, for example, on WeChat at the top and business below so that when you check, you can actually see if it's a personal or it's a business message. The challenge that occurs are these business boundaries. Now, I'll give you an example of a lady that I work with in China who runs an education company. So she was saying that, Ben, I I don't understand how I could have balance. I message, people message me at 11 p.m., they expect to reply. Uh, They message me at 10 a.m., they expect to reply immediately, they get stressed out. I can't, I don't know what to do. And what I told her was this. I said, the reason people are expecting your reply is because you've replied then in the past. So they expect you can do that. And I was exactly the same in my business, whereby people would message me on the weekends, I'd reply. And then if I didn't, suddenly people would be like, what are you doing? I thought this was 24-7 access. Why Why can't I get a reply from you? And what I realized is that if you don't create business boundaries, then you will be stretched thin. So what I tell people is that you want to have a business boundary where at 6 p.m. you no longer look at your phone. You no longer, um, and when I say look at your phone, what I mean by that is respond to people in business on WeChat or on other platforms and have a cutoff time. And there are times where you can't stick to that. But if you can genuinely have business boundaries in place at 8 p.m., I'm not going to look at it at all. Or whatever works for you, you'll find you have so much more space so that you're not in this constant reaction mode where your mind is constantly responding to so many different things because that is really what causes us to feel overwhelmed. Do you think that is, that is something that uh, in, in China that, that can be accepted? To this kind of, because you spend a lot of time on human, human behavior, psychology. Do you think there's going to be conflict? Because I, I do see in China the expectations, although you might have your own boundaries, the expectations are still there that you get a quick reply. Yeah. Otherwise, you might lose. Sure. So once again, this depends on how you do business. Now, the lady that I was speaking about now changed completely how she did business, and people accepted that. And this is where you need to have a clear cut what you offer. And this is where when you have those clients and you speak to them, this is about creating agreements and boundaries and saying, look, we're available from this time to this time. We will get back to you. If you say, oh, if it's an emergency, message me then, people are going to message you. They don't care. And this is where if you don't look after yourself, people will stretch you. And this is about reconditioning us as humans. And the truth is, it is challenging out in China because most people are very quick and they are very fast to respond. And if you're really feeling unsure about that, this is where maybe you can get a virtual assistant in another country. Maybe you have to delegate to someone else or to have another person to do it in the times where you want space. 
And this is where you can start to meet that expectation without burning out in the process. Hmm. Yeah, that's very good advice. So, so when you look at your, the company you founded, Entrepreneur Lifestyle, so how would you describe your lifestyle and, and, and how can other people learn from that to make theirs more healthy? <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I, I had a client, uh, I remember last month, saying to me, Ben, oh, I wish I had your lifestyle. I wish I could do things you do, travel <laughs> and things like that. And I said to her, I didn't fall into this. It's not like I woke up one day and I said, wow, you know, what, what a great lifestyle. I'm so lucky. No, I actually went about designing my life in a way that set me up for success. This wasn't something that just happened instantaneously. This is something I have worked towards for a number of years. And that's what people don't see. And I think this is very important, Simon, for people to get. You don't suddenly have a lifestyle and it's amazing and you just fall into it. You build up to it and you start to really think about what would a perfect week look like for you? Because I could share my lifestyle right now. Some people say, that's great. Some people would say, I'd never want to do that, right? I love waking up early in the morning. I like 5.30. But the truth is, at the moment, it's sometimes shifting. Sometimes it will be at 6 or 6.30 because my wife likes to stay up late and I like to be able to bond with her. And I give myself that flexibility, which I think is really important. So 80% of the time I'm on track, I'm up early, I do my stuff, and I tailor my life like that. Now, there's other times where I fall off track because everyone does. But the differential is that successful people are those that get back on track the fastest. So when I think of the elements of my lifestyle that I think people could emulate, that I think are really foundations and cornerstones to help you live a, a great life, I think that being able to prioritize your exercise and get that done either immediately in the afternoon as soon as you finish or in the morning, I think being grateful and every day thinking about what you're grateful for is so important because it, it helps you realize what you have as opposed to what's missing. This year, I think a lot of people felt that they're not achieving what they desired at the beginning of the year because of COVID and everything that's happened. Whereas yeah. if you can look into being grateful for where you are, suddenly you're trading those expectations for gratitude and it allows you to be so abundant and so grateful for everything around you. I think it's, it's of fundamental importance. The next thing is to have moments where you are just alone with those around you. So for example, uh, this is something that's a little bit different. So usually I get up at half five, I do my routines, I stretch, I get myself in a great state, I start work at 6.30, I do an hour of work, and then I go back to bed for my wife to then wake up at 7.30. And I cuddle, we relax, and then I start work again around 8.30. And that for me is actually working out very well because my wife likes to be able to connect in the morning. I want to be able to get some work done because I'm up early. And I changed my lifestyle at the moment where I've started to work out in the afternoon because it gives me a, a break to really end my day in transition and it helps with intermittent fasting. Uh, for those who don't know what intermittent fasting is, it's where you eat for around eight hours of the day and then you fast for 16 and I think that's great for my energy. So those are just a few things that I do in my life that I think have been uh, really amazing to help me move forward but the truth is 
everyone has challenges, right? I, I, I've uh, hurt my ankle, I damaged some uh, ligaments, so I, I, tore, I tore two, damaged another. So I've been recovering from that, right? I'm not saying my life is perfect by any means, but being able to have the right principles and systems in place just allows you to enjoy the journey as you really boost your business and think in a smart way. That's really good advice on, on the lifestyle on how you can design your own life and you can actually plan it and you have much more influences on it if you set your boundaries. So that's very cool. Uh, recently, you, you also started your own uh, podcast and uh, uh, I just listened to the first one. It was with Kool Mahai. And he also mentioned about making a plan and then not just for one year, but really like a decade and or several years and then start to basically plan back. I think that was one of my main takeaways of your uh, podcast, I would say. Yeah, I think that the guests that I've had so far have been pretty fantastic. Obviously, I've, I've got to release them all. But when Cool mentions about setting goals and then retracking and working out what to do, I think that's really important. One of the things that I do, which I think is really important, uh, and I really hope is, is insightful for, for the listeners, is that I have my overall vision of where I'm going. I know what I want to create, how I want to create it, the impact that I want to have. And then I set myself three-month, so power year goals. So every three months, I set myself a new challenge, a new goal to really focus on. And that makes it much more realistic for me to achieve. Because the truth is, I'm, I'm a human too, right? I usually overestimate what I can do in a year as well. However, by doing three months, I have one focus, I have one major, I have a few other minors that I'm doing, and it enables me to make exponential progress in that one area that really helps me move my business forward and help turn the needle. And I think that that is a fantastic habit that I would really urge those listening to adopt because it can really help shift your life and you can gain momentum in a variety of different ways. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So definitely for listeners, follow it, follow entrepreneur lifestyle with Ben. You will have a fantastic guest. If you want, if you're into having a better lifestyle and more work-life balance, there will be amazing guests to follow. So check it out. There's also a lot tons of information on social media. You, you did a, you did a speech on a TED talk, uh, in Chinese, in Mandarin Chinese, in Shanghai, I think two years ago. Uh, what made you do that? Oh, wow, Simon, that was, uh, that was a challenge. That was actually last year. And I decided, Simon, that the first talk I ever did in Chinese, I wanted to be on a TEDx stage. <laughs> so, um, oh, wow, I can't even tell you how ridiculous this was. So I did the talk first in English and... Uh, then had it translated into Chinese. And as I was doing this, for me, it was really this challenge of I always wanted to do it. And the main reason behind it is actually that I wanted to be able to impact people in Chinese in their local language without being translated and really share my story and to share something incredibly impactful that I thought would last. Because I could do it in English, it'd be very easy. But to really do it in the local Chinese language, in Mandarin, and really create an experience for people to listen to was amazing. And I feel so grateful that I gave myself that opportunity. And there were times where I would be swimming in a pool doing laps, and I would be reciting the Chinese speech to myself, because I learned the whole thing 
off by heart. And it was crazy to think I'm swimming and I'm just going, <laughs> and it was hilarious. I still remember it now, it's unreal. But um, I'll, I'll make you laugh. When I was doing the talk, and you, you can watch it, I'm, I'm sure we can maybe put a link in the, in the show notes, there's actually yeah. a moment where I completely forget my speech. So Simon, just imagine this. So I'm on stage at 400, 500 people, and I've just gone completely blank. And I can't really tell you what that experience is like, except all the audience saw was me smiling. And then <laughs> I, I look at an audience member and I go, so you woman Zimmerman? And this guy just shrugs his shoulders. He's got no idea. And it helps to remind me what I'm doing. So it looks quite cool. However, <laughs> I was wow. absolutely petrified for halfway through my TED Talk. So you can go check that out. It's quite funny. And uh, I, I do hope that you um, enjoy the uh, emotions portrayed in it as well, because the, uh, the body language was definitely a real challenge to get that right. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know if you can if you can overcome that, then you can overcome many other things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, most certainly, it's definitely um, important. I, I like to set myself these mini challenges along the way because I feel that it really helps me move to a higher level as I start to move forward in a variety of different areas of my life. Yeah, are you also coaching people in Chinese or having courses done in Chinese, maybe with other of your uh, the people that you trained, other coaches? So. I, at present, can coach uh, people with a little bit of Chinese. However, the challenge is that when it comes to people's language and the linguistics and exactly what they're doing, I would really prefer for one of my trainers who, well, I've got a few trainers that are fluent in Chinese to work with them because I feel they would have a better experience and I wouldn't be able to give them the amount of value that I can. If we're doing a little bit of Chinese English as well, that's fine. Um, however, if it's just in Chinese, for me, um, I do not feel like my level is adamant enough to be able to really have the same impact that I can as in English. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, you're having this. Are you still coming to Shanghai? Because I saw there's an event in November, uh, but also you heard you mentioning that you're not traveling for this year. So are you, are you still going to have an event in Shanghai this, this, this November? Unfortunately, I decided to move uh, all of my speaking gigs to next year. Uh, any talks that you see will be me speaking online. So okay. I'm working with a lot of organizations online, but I won't be back in Shanghai uh, until next year, which is crazy because usually I fly at least two or three yeah. times a year. So I feel like I'm missing my home. <laughs> uh, I think many of our listeners have the same feeling. They, they feel connected to China and this podcast is also helping them to Stay connected with China, yes, uh, yes, because it just feels like it's one year. One year China being away from China, that's a lot. <laughs> Sometimes, oh yeah, like a decade. <laughs> like a decade. So uh, it's very important to to to, uh, to put your feet on the ground here and, and stay connected. Yeah, cool. Thank you so much. So so one last question to close out. So that's what I always ask everyone because your opening tune is always learn from war stories in China. What would be your war story about when it comes to China? Oh, one war story? I'm not sure, Simon. I think there are so many to pick from. <laughs> um, honestly, when, when I think of China, I think of the wars that I've gone through. I think that so many people can relate to setting up a business and all the loopholes that you've got to go through. And 
I'm still in that battle at the moment, attempting to do everything and get the work hard and sort out the new visa because I haven't been there and things like that. So for me, I think there's always these little loopholes that you have. I think one of the big challenges that, that I faced was four years ago, I was actually meant to do a TED talk in Chinese. People don't know this. And I had everything ready. It was for TEDx uh, Wuxing Road. And suddenly the day before it was canceled by the Chinese government. And I was really just like really unhappy at the time because I thought I've spent so much time learning and doing the speech and getting it ready, spending time, money, sorting out slides, getting it perfect. And now it's gone. And for me, that was just a opportunity to realize that in China, things are outside of your control. And sometimes there are things that you have to do, which is completely different. And this is why I genuinely think that China is an amazing city to be in because you never know when that's going to happen. For me, I think of it as a challenge, as an, an opportunity. And I'll never, get, uh, never forget what my wife told me. And now wife, she was my girlfriend at the time. She said, Ben, there's a reason this has happened. When you, when you do it again, you will do it in a different way. And I've no, I, I, I'm sure it's going to be you know, 10 times better. Maybe now wasn't the right time. And three years later, when we think of Join the Dots Up in Life uh, you know, by Steve, Steve Jobs' speech, I really see that in that everything really does happen for a reason. And if that didn't happen, I then wouldn't have had, I don't think, the same impact that I had doing that TEDx where I shared a different topic and I shared my story and I really shared it in a way that I think resonated with a lot of the, the audience that listened to me. So although it's a, a war story and it was a real pain and a challenge at the time, I definitely see it as a, as a silver lining, something that has enabled me to grow to greater heights and have a deeper appreciation that you can't control everything that's around you and we can only do the best that we can. Yeah, that's a great message to to, to end with. The uh, podcast itself, the listeners, this year has been very difficult for, for for a lot, but it's all about mindset. Being Having patience, your time will come. China is not going anywhere. So just stay stay involved, stay connected, make use of the social media to stay connected with everyone. So very cool, Ben. Thank you so much for being on the show. Where would you send our listeners to if they want to follow you? Sure. So the listeners can add me on WeChat at Ben Ivy. So B-E-N-I-V-E-Y. And then they can check out my WeChat channel. I'm not sure if we can put a, a, perhaps a QR code in, in the notes or something like that. They can check out the podcast, uh, Entrepreneur Lifestyle with Ben Ivy. You can go to my website. So that's Ben and then dash Ivy, I-V-E-Y.com. I have lots of resources, but I'd say if you can connect with me on WeChat, if you can follow some of my channels out in China, that'll be the best way to have those consistent resources to help you build that great lifestyle as well as boost that business success. Cool. So when, so when is your book coming out? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting, Simon. So I actually, <laughs> believe it or not, wrote all the chapters to a book in different articles that I had. And then I decided to park it because I didn't want to, once again, I felt like it wasn't the right time to release it. So I'm sure I'll do a book in due course. But to be honest, right now, the programs, the courses that I've got are helping people so much. I think that a book is something in the next few years I'll probably lean into. But what I'm doing at the moment, I'm finding so much fun and I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, good. Good. Thank you so much again, Ben. Uh, I talk to you soon. Um, and um, 
hope to, to meet you in Shanghai one day, uh, maybe next year. Amazing. Looking forward to it. Doing business in China is a complex world. You can quickly feel alone and lost in its maze. But don't worry, China Business Cast is here for you. Sign up for our newsletter and regular updates on our website at www.chinabusinesscast.com. Thanks for tuning in.